Frankie, come. Come on. Frankie, come. Good boy. Good boy. Sit. Good boy. Down. Down. Good boy. And stay. Stay. Good boy. How about you? Can you sit down and stay for the next half hour? This is Spotlight on Assistance Dogs. Hello there and welcome once again to the November 2020 edition of Spotlight on Assistance Dogs. I'm Devon from Canada. Well, we have a song for you to begin with that I think you'll find is quite appropriate when you hear the interview uh, just a little later on in the show. And uh, the song is called A Friend Like You, and it is uh, talking about Goldens as guide dogs. But unfortunately, it's one of those that I do not have a name for. So uh, I hope that uh, you will write me or email me. And uh, if you happen to know the person or people who sang this. So let's begin with a friend like you.
Well, I think our guest this month has a very interesting and unique story to tell you. She is Becky Floyd, who is the co-owner of Gallant Hearts Training Center, and uh, she spoke with me from her office in Madison, Mississippi. So, hi, Becky, and welcome to the program. Thank you. Glad to be here. You know, I've heard you speak twice now, and uh, I was very impressed both times. So, I was wondering if you could begin uh, at, uh, well, your beginning, actually. Uh, you are someone who is blind, aren't you? Yes, I'm totally blind. Uh-uh. And, uh... When uh, did you become interested in guide dogs in general? Well, uh, of course, I've been interested in guide dogs for 55, 56 years because I got my first guide dog when I was 18. And um, then I, after I, I left my old job um, of 26 years, I decided I didn't want to retire and sit around and do nothing, so I decided to, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Kathy Curtis, and I decided to start Gallon Hearts, and that was in uh, 2009, so we went through all the rigors of getting our tax-exempt status and uh, our state uh, charity registration. And uh, we've just grown from there. Uh, a couple of dogs and uh, raised up puppies and raised them and uh, hired a trainer. Now, you have interest. In 2012, who had experience with service dog training service dogs. Okay. And uh, so um, he was able to transition over to guide, guide dogs real well. Anyway, we put out our first uh, guide dog, uh, Zoe, in um, December of 2012. Uh, Zoe was a female Doberman. Of course, I've had Dobermans as guide dogs since 1968. So, quite naturally, our first dog that we placed was a Doberman. Uh, we do have now Shepherds and Golden Retriever, English Cream Golden Retrievers now. But uh, um, still have a lot of Dobermans because we're almost the only school that would train Dobermans. Um, Pilot Dogs occasionally trains a Doberman, uh, but um, they are not training many now because they do not have a breeding program. And um, Dobermans, not many people will donate a Doberman. Mm-hmm. I guess because they aren't um, usually associated uh, with guide dogs. That's one reason. Um, another reason is that there are very few good breeders of Dobermans out there now. Uh, the Doberman, like every breed, has its own health issues. And one of its health issues is um, a heart condition called dilated cardiomyopathy. Um, and... That will kill 60% of the Dobermans. Oh, my. Uh, so uh, not many people are raising them. 
um, because they won't go to the expense of doing the testing to to be able to breed away from the disease. What advantages do you think Dobermans have over, say, uh, labs? Well, none for some people. <laughs> it depends <laughs> on the person. Mm -hmm. um, a Doberman, of course, is a what they call a single-coated dog. They do not have the undercoat that labs and goldens and shepherds have. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they, they shed... But it's not as as bad. It, it's real short hair. There's short hair. We call them wash and wear dogs, <laughs> and uh, because they you can just bathe them, and in 20 minutes they're dry. Oh yeah. Mm hmm. Well, that would definitely be an advantage. So that works real well for a mm -hmm. lot of people. Um, they are. Energetic dogs, so somebody who walks a lot and is a very active person um, would would do well probably with a golden, I mean with a, a Doberman. Mm -hmm. Some uh, people who, but you have to be a very alert person. You yeah. have to be very aware of your dog because they do have a tendency to... Um, be easily distracted. So when you feel that dog looking real hard to the left or coming um, up on its toes and pulling a little bit harder, uh, you know it's distracted by something and you just say, no, leave it. And they say, oh, okay, I got caught, and they go back to work. So, yeah, it, it, but it's, uh, it does take a special person to, to work a Doberman. And would that uh, person have to be a fairly fast wa walker? Um, not really. Um, they come and we put out uh, two dogs that were brother and sister, two Dobermans uh, a couple of years ago um, that were very laid-back um, dogs, very... Um, Reasonably slow, uh, that did not have a real, real hard pull. Um, so uh, I wish we had a million of those, mm -hmm. but uh, we don't. <laughs> um, and um, so it really kind of, kind of depends on the dog. Mm -hmm. uh, would you say that uh, the majority of dogs that you put out are Dobermans? Um, it has been that in the past. Uh, it will not be always because um, we are hoping to, we're putting out a good many English cream goldens now. And um, um, most of our uh, dogs that we place this year will be our English creams. Uh -huh. we're, we're hoping to be able to increase the number of shepherds that we place. Um, and because we're working on our breeding program to perfect it a little bit more mm -hmm. uh, so that uh, we can have some good, peaceable German shepherds. Do you find that the Goldens have a lot of health problems? Goldens do. If you uh, 
Um, first of all, the golden um, that we all know, the regular golden, they have 61.8% cancer rate. Oh, my. Most of them will die of cancer. Mm -hmm. my. Um, the English creams have about a 38% cancer rate. Wow, that's quite the a reduction. Trevor breeders have kept the English creams uh, pretty uh, secure as far as breeding. Uh, they don't uh, cross them very often with a regular golden. Mm -hmm. um, they, um, there are a lot of, if you do all of the testing, uh, you can have pretty healthy goldens. We do a lot of DNA testing on our breeding stock. Uh, we have one DNA test that we do that is, um, oh, I think there are five different tests, five different diseases that it tests for. Mm -hmm. And a golden. Mm-hmm. Um, goldens have a, high, a lot of eye conditions. Um, and so you have about three DNA tests for eye conditions. Mm-hmm. Goldens have a lot of degenerative myelopathy, which is a neurological condition um, that primarily affects dogs that are seven, eight, or nine years of age. They lose control of their rear legs. Oh, dear. Um, and so... We, of course, test for that. They have some skin issues. Mm -hmm. One of the skin issues um, that we test for with DNA testing um, that, you know, you can, you can eliminate all of these conditions if you follow the test results. Yes. Um, then um, they do have um, a heart condition. Um, but that manifests itself so early in life for a golden. Uh, so we really are not bothered too much with that um, and our guide dogs because they've already gotten through that time when they would have heart conditions. Yes. For the most, the regular heart condition of golden. Of course, we do um, check their hearts carefully. Um, and uh, to make sure that uh, we do not have any uh, heart conditions in those dogs we place. Um, so, yeah, you have a lot of uh, health issues in, in Goldens. Mm -hmm. But you do in most breeds nowadays, mm -hmm. like uh, in Shepherds, you have degenerative myelopathy. Oh, <laughs> Goldens and Shepherds, um, it's a toss-up. Between the two as breeds as to who would have the greatest number of plastic dogs, dogs with hip dysplasia or elbow dysplasia. Mm -hmm. um, they, Goldens have a lot of hip dysplasia. Oh dear. Do you have a uh, training uh, center there or do you uh, send your trainers to uh, prospective clients? Okay, what we do is, of course, like everybody, we have our puppies with puppy raisers. Mm -hmm. Our puppies stay with puppy raisers until they're about 18 months old. Ah. Um, because we feel that they are not uh, mature enough 
um, psychologically, um, mentally, uh, to be effective guide dogs until then. So we get them back at 18 months, we complete their health testing, plus the fact that x-rays are not going to be a lot of help to us in an 11 or 12 month old puppy. Mm -hmm. That's true. So we wait until they're 18 months old to check their hips and um, finish their health testing uh, like thyroid and, and that sort of stuff. Then uh, all their blood work for kidney and liver problems. Then we send them to our trainer for harness training. Okay. I remember they've had a lot of socialization, they've had a lot of leash training, they've had a lot of obedience training with their puppy raiser. Right. So they're ready to go for harness training. Mm -hmm. And um, our trainer takes three dogs at a time, which is one reason we're a small school. Mm -hmm. That trains three dogs at a time. And he takes those three dogs, um, and he um, keeps them in his home so that he can see their house manners and um, how they get along with other dogs, how they get along with cats. And uh, he keeps them there and keeps them from there out to work them in, of course, stores and uh, sidewalks, uh, uh, university campuses, and um, in traffic, and uh, all those kinds of places. So um, he will keep them for about four months, and then he'll decide, we'll get together and decide who gets what dog. And, of course, we there are so many things that are considered placing a dog. I, I won't go into all of those because most of you will know those. Mm -hmm. But, um, of course, speed of walking, um, tolerance for a pull, um, just hundreds of things. Activity level. Um, so we uh, got to match up the dog and the person. He'll give the person or maybe a couple people all see what they need in a dog, what they need the dog to do, what special training they would like the dog to have. Then uh, he'll do that the last couple of weeks of training. Then he will take the dog to the person where they live. Mm -hmm. He will train them together where they live and work. Now, would that be That's in North America? Huh? Would that be in North America, like all over North America, or, or just confined to the uh, states? No. Uh, well, we mostly in the United States, we have placed two dogs in Canada. Mm -hmm. Two dogs, actually, but one of them worked for 14 months, and, and then we got it back because he, she became too much dog for the person that had him. Oh, yeah. Had her. But, um, yeah, we've placed a... a in Canada and um, place them all over the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, we are small. Um, you know, I encourage everybody to apply to a number of schools because don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't apply to us and wait because sometimes you get one in three or four or five months 
Sometimes it's two, two and a half years. Oh, yes. Before we find the right dog for you. Right. Uh, so, um, how long is the trainer with uh, the person? The training with the person um, is a, a week to ten days. Now you think, oh, that, that's a short time. Mm -hmm. It is. But you have to remember to have the dog and the, uh, the client, and then you have the trainer. All he has responsibility for those seven to ten days is that person and that dog. Mm -hmm. So you get a lot of walking in, a lot of instruction. Um, it's all one-on-one. -on -one. So um, you can cover in that week what most schools would cover in 26 days. Well, that's good. Yes, one-on-one -on -one attention is wonderful. Absolutely. Do you have uh, any aftercare uh, once uh, the uh, person has graduated? We, aftercare is on the person as far as vet bills and food and so forth are concerned. We, of course, keep in close contact with all of our um, clients, uh, for the, especially for the first few months after uh, they go home with their dog. Mm -hmm. I mean, after they, we, we leave them with their dog. Um, and so you want to know of any problems that they're having and can help, help uh, solve those problems over the phone or email um, at times. And we don't do it often. At times, the trainer has gone back to help solve a problem. Mm -hmm. um, so... But um, we have been real successful in solving most of the problems by phone or email. Terrific. What about... Sometimes it requires a video, somebody to do a video of the problem area uh, so that the trainer can see it and, and come up with the best solution for uh, resolving the problem. Yes. What about the ownership issue? Ownership issue. Um, technically, we co-own the dog with the person. Um, we um, do that for a number of reasons. They own the dog, um, but we co-own it in case anything happens. If they're out walking one day and have a heart attack and somebody picks up the dog and takes it to a shelter... Uh, we will have access to that dog because we co-own it. Okay. And uh, what what about the veterinary costs? We'll have access to veterinary um, uh, reports and so forth because we co-own that dog. Mm -hmm. um, the harness and lease and identification card belong to us alone. Um and uh, so you can take those from the person if the dog, if we deem the dog to be unsafe to work. Okay. And um, so what about the, the veterinary cost? Do they cover the, does the person cover the cost or do, can you assist? Now, what was the question? I'm sorry. What about the veterinary costs? Uh, do, do, does the person 
cover the cost, or uh, can you help at all? Okay, the person, after they get the dog, the person will cover the veterinary costs for the most part. Okay. Um, if there is a catastrophic illness of some kind, um, we can go to our board of directors and let see if they will let us help, help with them, or in some cases we have um, fronted the cost and uh, the uh, person that has the dog will make payments on that veterinary cost. Okay. Uh, can you uh, give me your uh, website or where people should, uh, or how people can contact you if they'd like to apply? Yeah, it is on our website. Our website is www.gallant, G-A-L-L-A-N-T, H-E-A-R-T-S, gallanthearts.org, all lowercase. Um, and it will tell you how to contact us, but you can certainly call, contact us by calling 601-853-6996 or by emailing rfloyd, R-F-L-O-Y-D, at gallanthearts.org. Is there anything else that I should be asking you? Unfortunately, 30 minutes goes by really fast. Uh, no, but, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but is there anything? A lot in 30 minutes, and um, uh, of course, uh, I talk about Gallant Hearts all day. Yes. Um, but um, so we're, um, we're here. If anybody wants to contact us, uh, like I say, do apply to more than just one school. Yes. So it's convenient for us to bring the dog to you, but um, that, you know, you may have to wait quite a while for that to happen. Especially in this uh, pandemic. Yeah, um, in, in the pandemic, I think uh, probably Canada will be off limits to us. Yes. Um, some other states may be off limits because of quarantines. Um, so we're... We have to choose where our dogs go right now, mm -hmm. carefully. Becky, thank you so much for chatting with me. Oh, thank you for getting in touch with us. And uh, if anybody has any questions, please feel free to contact us. Okay. Uh, take good care and uh, be safe. You be safe out there, too. Thank you. Much. Bye for now. Bye. And that just about does another edition of Spotlight on Assistance Dogs. At the uh, top of the program, I did mention emailing me. And uh, you could email me the names of uh, songs about guide hearing and service dogs or anything else that you'd like to say. So I guess I'd better give you my email address, hadn't I? It's the harness, just like what a guide dog wears, or a service dog, the harness at bell, you know, like bell telephone, at bell.net. So it's the harness at bell.net. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with you again on. 
Friday, December 18th, and uh, we'll probably have some Christmas things to play for you. Until then, have yourself a good month, and we'll look forward to seeing you again in December. Bye for now. On the second Friday of every month at 17.30 UTC, one of our presenters will bring you something special. Presenter's Choice. Each of us here on The Global Voice take turns, giving it our own personal touch. So we hope you'll drop by and give it a listen. That's Presenter's Choice on the second Friday of every month at 17.30 UTC, only on The Global Voice. Check the program schedule for repeats.